Welcome to the Good News Podcast. I'm Colleen. And I'm Neil. Neil, you are one of the few people I know in Chicago who has a backyard. Thank you. Yeah, I love my backyard. It's a very great backyard. Tell me about your backyard. Describe it for me. Ooh, I love my backyard. We have a low deck that's mm-hmm. probably about 10 feet by 10 feet, maybe maybe like 15 by 15 feet. Um, and it has like a built-in bench, which is great. Uh, we have a table on there for having some nice fresco dining situations. Yeah. Chips and dip. And then uh, behind that low deck is just a, a swath of lush green grass. Yeah. Um, Lining the fence over to your left is some shrubbery and a couple pine trees. We're pleased because there's so much mint in our backyard. It always smells like mint. Mm. Um, and that, does do, that mint grows like the dickens. Well, it's a weed. It's a weed. It's a herb. Well, I mean, it grows like a weed. Oh, yeah. We, mm-hmm. we are inundated with mint. Um, Not a bad problem to have. No, no, no. There's some more shrubbery. There's a lot of, like, growing ivy. On, on your right, we have a fence to our other neighbors, and that is literally covered in ivy. And that ivy comes from Wrigley Field, baby, oh, home of the so Chicago Cubs. Cool, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, our neighbor loves the Cubs, uh. and she got like a cutting from uh, Wrigley and, and let it grow. That's great. It's great. I love my backyard. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah, I've been to your backyard. It's a great backyard. I would say it's more rectangle than it is square, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yep. longer than it is wide. wide. Mm-hmm. And and for the record, listeners, the only reason I'm able to afford such a, a luxurious backyard <laughs> is that it is almost directly underneath the train tracks. Which I think is charming. It's charming, but it, it's not like um, it's not like a relaxing backyard. You like when the train's not there, it's very relaxing. <laughs> yeah, but when the train is there. It is the end of the world. Okay. Uh, so on today's episode, we're talking with Carly Zeter, a Ph.D. candidate at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, about how even small backyard spaces can help in the battle of climate change and global warming. But first, here's some bad things that aren't going to happen today. The USDA can't pump growth hormones in your food without telling you first. And Saddam Hussein no longer has the keys to the city of Detroit. Is that true? Did Saddam Hussein have the keys to the city of Detroit? Yeah, folks, it's real. In 1980, Hussein was given the keys to Detroit for having donated hundreds of thousand dollars to a local church. That is incredible. Bananas. One more time. Hello, Carly speaking. Hey, Carly. This is Colleen from the Good News Podcast. Hi. Nice to hear from you. Hi. Nice to hear from you, too. I'm sorry I'm a few minutes late. I was uh, goofing off, and I... Carly, I'm also here. My name is Neil. Colleen really dropped the ball on uh, introducing me to you. I'm sorry about that. Sorry. Neil... Well, uh... nice to meet you as well, Neil. (laughs) Yeah. From the study that you did, what were some of your most surprising findings in regards to sort of urban planning and what we can do to help in, like, large cities? So we went out and we measured, you know, we took soil samples from 100 sites all over the city. And these were forests and grasslands and parks and people's yards, you know, all of these little bits and pieces of green space. And one of the things we found was that the, the more developed areas, so, you know, parks and people's yards actually stored 
a lot more carbon in their soil than some of these places like forests and grasslands that we might think of as kind of green infrastructure or, or green space in our cities. And so it really showed us that private landowners have a really big role to play when it comes to kind of the ecological fabric of a city. Do you have a sense on why a backyard happened to hold more carbon? What could Neil do or not do to help continue that? We're not exactly sure. Something that might be happening is, uh, first of all, turf grass and, you know, things like garden plants can actually be really productive. And so they they grow for a long time throughout the season. Uh, We're also doing things like mowing or maybe managing these spaces that could be making these systems more productive and kind of putting more carbon into the ground. That's something that I, I would love to see more research on kind of like the full cycle. Like if it's because we're managing and mowing these areas, which are emitting carbon dioxide, maybe that's offsetting some of these benefits. What I really love about this study is that it showed that, you know, actions people take just by being kind of stewards of our own property and in our own yards, we are contributing to to an ecosystem. And that's something you know, in doing this study, I had to actually go and, like, knock on doors and ask people to go sample their yards, which is not something that most scientists do on, on a daily basis. And getting to actually talk to people and have them be like, oh, really, my yard? You want to study my property? And that's an important part of the city. I, I think there's a lot of value to that. Something else we found is that these systems are, are really, really variable, and so, you know, the results we found in, in my front yard and my backyard might be more different than, than two yards across the city from one another. Kind of fascinating as a scientist to like, what's, what's causing this variability? But also from, you know, a homeowner or from someone who makes decisions, I think it's really important that we try and track down, you know, what's causing that? Is it these actions that, that people are taking because if we can figure out, you know, the best actions to be taking on these small scales, it it gives people a lot of power to make positive change. We live in an urban world, you know, 50% of people around the world, more than 50% live in cities, you know, maybe we should actually be paying more attention to these places as, as part of the surrounding environment. And so I think it's a case where we're increasingly realizing that these are important places to study. I do think that there has been less of a focus on, on backyard than on places like parks or, you know, public green spaces, even among urban ecologists. And, and that's just logistics. You know, it's much easier to go and study a park than it is to study a bunch of yards because you need to be, you know, reaching out to people and asking for permission. And that's not something that's, that's straightforward to do necessarily. I can't imagine when you were going around asking people to get some dirt out of their backyards. I, I mean, <laughs> I would have just been like, yeah, take, take some dirt, whatever you need. I can't imagine anybody said no, right? Not, not very many people said no. Yeah, people were, were incredibly generous in their their kind of time and and in giving me their dirt from their backyards. <laughs> I but, my, my I, I've got good money that says all those people who said no literally have a dead body buried in their backyard. <laughs> oh no! I, I have very good money on that. Neil. Why, I mean, why else? No, you're. Oh, you, oh, you want to dig around in my backyard? <laughs> Get out of here! That you you're right. That's horrible and true. Yeah, people people were generally were really good about it. And I actually I I really enjoyed 
kind of watching people's response change with time. So, you know, I would walk up to the door and give them my, my elevator pitch and ask if I could go sample their yard. And the most common response was kind of friendly indifference. It was like, yeah, sure, go go take some dirt. And then as I was sampling, they'd kind of poke their head out the door and be like, what, what did you say you were doing again? <laughs> they what, got interested. What, what are you measuring there? How does this relate? To, does this relate to the lakes in any way? We have lakes in Madison mm. that people, you know, really have a strong sense of connection to. And it would start all these great conversations about, you know, yeah, your backyard is part of a much bigger ecosystem. And mm. yes, things that happen here can affect the lakes. And it was really... It was really valuable and really enjoyable to me to be able to incorporate that communication and outreach just into the everyday work of, you know, being a scientist. Thanks for listening. Do you have good news? Great. Or maybe you want to tell us a joke or an idea? Also great. Email us at goodnews at cardsagainsthumanity.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 773-217-217. 0156. You can also tweet us at The Good News Pod. Most of our music is by Poddington Bear. Same place, same time, tomorrow. <laughs>